Welcome to a special edition of the Lions Podcast presented by BetMGM. My name is Stephen Andrews, managing editor at thelines.com, and joining me for this special edition PGA Championship Head to Heads podcast is our fantastic golf contributor, Fairway J. Fairway J, here we go. PGA Championship. Excited for this one, man. Another major on the calendar. What are you looking at in this? How do you see this course breaking down before we get into the the head-to-head matchups? I know some people have said that it's going to be really difficult and they're emphasizing around the green play with maybe some some difficulty hitting these greens. And I've seen other people saying that these Paspalum greens are actually going to be pretty receptive and they actually see some lower scores with, yes, longer rough, but wider fairways. So a lot of conflicting reports as we head into this. How do you see Kiowa playing this week at the Ocean Course? Good to be with you on the tee and going over the matchups and uh, the course, Stephen. The I think it's going to play a little tougher than most expect. I know when McElroy won it here in 2012, he was 13 under, eight shots clear of the field. But I don't. Th- I, I think more five to seven range may win. And if the wind does come up, I think it's going to play harder than most PGA championships, and the scores will be. Um, higher than more. In other words, uh, closer to par. So I, I have seen a, a number of reports as well. Like you said, I think, you know, distance clearly is a factor with the length um, major championship uh, distance, the longest in we've seen in major championship history at nearly 7,900 yards, but I, you still have to be accurate. The rough's going to be growing out here and c- coming into the greens. It's interesting because I, I saw maybe a little bit more firm, but the pep, pep sound greens are, grainier and they're slower and they you know if you if you're researching you still use some bent grass but it it i don't think putting uh, uh, is quite as imperative this week to me i think it's going to be who can get around manage the winds the trajectory and um certainly have the not only the strokes gain off the tee and uh, tee to green statistical profiles in game but also clearly on approach coming in as we sit here the day before the start of the tournament, the forecast is is saying maybe around double-digit wins for the tournament in that 10 to 15 range at times. So we'll see how that plays. You mentioned trajectory of ball flights. Um, who are some of the players that you are looking to support in full tournament head-to-heads this week? And what is it about their games that that stand out to you for this fit at the Ocean Course? You know, a lot of the week to week, you'll see guys talk about the uh, strokes gain and the profiles, and that's all very important and kind of looking at how a player can fit. Um, but when you get to a course that now you're going to have to deal with wind and you have you look at the length a lot more, there are uh, a couple players in particular that I'm fading. And, and one of them is, um, I'm just going back through my notes here, but one of them is definitely uh, Patrick Reed this week. I, I just, um, not only is stroke gain stats not up to snuff in a particular matchup I like, but um, clearly his putting has always been good and he's, he's, he's among the best in, in, in the statistical categories. But um, I don't see um, Reed meeting some of the criteria when I start looking at Pete Dye courses. He's uh, 0 for 7 um, 
at the TPC Sawgrass, the Players' Championship as far as getting into the top 20. He's never cracked that. He's 0 for 3 in Louisiana, another die course. He's never, he has no top 40 in four visits to Harbortown. The one course that um, is like this, that's Link style and had had the wind come up, was at Whistling Straits that hosted this. He opened with a 75 and then barely made the cut, ended up finished tied for 30th. But when I, I look at his game and it, just his profile, that's a guy that I'm looking to play against. And what I look for in matchups, and clearly you have odds and numbers that move, but I'm looking at kind of like if you had a head-to-head pitcher. There's so many matchups that have the top players matched against each other, and you know many of those players are going to, you know, most of the time they're going to make the cut. So I'm looking for finding a matchup that's more favorable, and and I'm willing to lay a price a little bit on some of these if I've got the right matchup. And and so Patrick Reed is on my fade list, and he's listed a number of them, and we can go over that. He's uh, Let me just give you one, because at BetMGM... Um, I bet him at a different price and, and elsewhere, but BetMGM has uh, uh, one that I'm playing is, is Victor Hovland over uh, Patrick Reed, and BetMGM has him at minus 150. I love that. I'm, I'm, we talked about on our, our PGA tournament podcast the other day that um, Matt Brown and I love Victor Hovland this week. He seems to do well in all the categories we are looking for this week, so I certainly, you know, Certainly would follow you on that. I would tell you on that pick as well. But what are some of your other uh, head-to-head tournament matchups that you're looking to play here this week? So another one that I like is, um, and this one has varying lines um, from BetMGM to some of our other book sponsors, but um, I like Terrell Hatton this week. I, I think he's a legitimate uh, win contender, certainly a top finishing contender. Um, I like his game and fit for these kind of conditions. And not only does he meet some profiles from a strokes gain perspective, but in a matchup against Tommy Fleetwood, who I, I thought when I started looking at this, I thought I might be on Fleetwood, but here, here's why I'm against Fleetwood this week, and particularly with, with Hatton against him. Fleetwood is... Uh, his long iron game, his statistical profile is actually poor. And you've got six par fours on this course that are 450 plus. A couple of them are over 500. And when you start getting into proximity beyond, you know, strokes, gains, stats, and you look at the 200 plus yards and 175 to 200, um, Fleetwood's down the list. And in fact, from 200 plus, he's among the worst in this field. And Hatton is right up in there. He's he's among the top 10 or 12 from 175 to 2, 200 plus. So I like that. His par 4 efficiency is very solid. And then his strokes gained across the board. He's just, in his last 36 rounds, he's been solid. He's top 20 off the tee. He's uh, top 10 in approach. He's number 12 in ball striking. So then I look at, like I said, at the course itself, and I think Hatton, he's he's had success before. I think he's going to be fine in the wind. We know that Fleetwood is a good ball striker, and he's certainly in the closer range. He's he's certainly solid, but that matchup, I'm willing to lay a little price. I think he can lay 130, um, but that's another one that uh, you got to compare, and I know our sponsor, BetMGM, has some really good uh, odds and options as well on the matchups. Bet basketball, baseball, or hockey with a risk-free bet up to $600 at BetMGM. Sign up and use bonus code THELINES and you're on your way with the king of sportsbooks. Get the BetMGM app today and use promo code THELINES to make a risk-free bet up to $600. This is a new customer offer. Paid in free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years or older to wager. Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia only. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem. Call one 800 5 
522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, and Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. And 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa and Tennessee. Call or text the red line at 800-889-9789. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. Tommy Fleetwood, absolutely. Uh, actually, at the top of my list of players I'm fading in, in head-to-heads this week as well. I completely agree with you. Looking at the last 24 rounds in this field, he is 127th in strokes gained off the tee, 149th in par-4 scoring on these long par-4s of 450 to 500 yards, which we will see a lot of at the PGA Championship this week in, in a Around the green in this ocean course, there's a lot of sand, and, and he's 150th in sand saves, and he struggled, as you mentioned, on those on those long par threes. So, and on top of that, the, the long par fives, we have 550 to 600 yard par fives here this week, and his last 24 rounds, he ranks outside the top 100 in that category as well. Just frankly, you put all these numbers together, he's just not playing well. He's a golfer that is not playing well right now. Um, I actually saw a matchup with him that I like this week. And I mean, you're getting plus money. I saw Matt Wallace at plus 125 over Tommy Fleetwood. Wallace, one of the one of the long shots I like this week. But in that matchup situation, I like Matt Wallace against Fleetwood. Uh, what are your thoughts on on that one? Is is Fleetwood just a guy that you're you know you're looking to fade completely this week? Is is Matt Wallace too big of a long shot for you to take at plus money with a matchup like that against Fleetwood? No, I would definitely look at plus money is again with, with Fleetwood. Like I said, coming in, I thought he's a player that I might be looking at, but as I dug deeper into the numbers and you got to look at form and, and how he fits, I, I certainly think he fits um, from a perspective of being able to play in the wind and, and handle the conditions and his trajectory and ball flight and things. But ball striking has always been very good, but I'm not certain on that. Matt Wallace is a solid player, but one thing you make a good note of, first of all, is uh, the, the bunker the, the number of bunkers that players are going to have to navigate. And then back to Hatton, he's a very, very strong, I think he's top 10 in sand saves as well on tour. But also when you start to mention a guy like Matt Wallace, there are a number of significant matchup moves. And I always say that those are more meaningful because you're going to see some of the sharper money um, lay their money down on the matchups rather than, you know, I see needle in a haystack, some of the guys to win. Um, you certainly have mar- market moves in the odds market. And a good example was Sam Burns. I bet Sam Burns, <laughs> are you ready for this? I bet him 260 to one to win this tournament less than a wow. month ago. And then he went off and won. And, you know, you see a guy like that now down to 40 to one or so. to win. So you see a big, adjustments like that but I'm not convinced he has the profile maybe in the wind to, to be able to do it but I feel good about having an odds like that but the, the matchups are the key and let me just give you some of these for guys that are listening or want to know where maybe I uh, like I like DJ or like DeChambeau and here's here's some of the matchups but DeChambeau on uh, on the on, the, on the, our sports books that we utilize here, he opened 126. He's up to minus 142 over Dustin Johnson. So I know there's some concern about DJ's health and is he going to? Uh, clearly, his form has been off. You see a guy like Morikawa laying a big price over Kepka. He's moved from 142 to minus 164 over Kepka. Um, a downward move came in on Spieth. So Rom went. John Rom went from 164 down to 142. Spieth's taken a plus 128 take back there but uh, another cu- couple other big moves just so you can follow who are guys maybe supporting Daniel Berger's getting support 128 
favorite up to 152 over the guy that I said we're fading, Patrick Reed. And if I think, well, who would you rather have? Daniel Berger or Victor Hovland laying a comparable price. I still prefer Hovland, but again, it's all about the matchup. And if you if you if you feel strongly about a guy that you're fading or just don't think he's going to work and and fit well and maybe miss the cut, those are the kind of the the matchups that you want to go ahead and lay the price. I think. So you mentioned Patrick Reed. You mentioned Tommy Fleetwood as your top fades. Is there a guy or two who you would consider as as players you are supporting most in head-to-heads that you're looking to play if the price is right? Well, Hovland was one, and I I uh, I believe he's got not only the game, but we'll, we'll see. He's, he's actually done very well on these types of greens. I think he won both his tournaments on these types of greens, but... Um, you're obviously going to be laying a price, so you want to find the matchup. In other words, if he's matched against John Rahm, who would seemingly have a, a play, I, I just I try to not play as many of those big name or top matchups because they may they may all fit a, a similar profile and and have success on the course. So now now you're just kind of more I think looking at the price on those, but. You want to find, I think, where you maybe have an advantage more just on the matchup itself and then look at the price and try to get the best price you can and not be as concerned with a, maybe a little line movement. But uh, let me just look at a couple other notes. I know I mentioned, um, you know, when I start mentioning some of the long shots or guys that were in form or a Corey Connors and stuff, I, I, I can see how I, I can make a case for some of these guys. I just haven't felt, okay, there's a lot of variables and a lot of variants in this particular golf course that have to be considered from the conditions. Um, If you watch it on Thursday, I've been reading that maybe the guys that are going out early Thursday and then have the late afternoon Friday have a maybe a little better advantage as you look at the weather. That always comes up in the British Open or the Open Championship on maybe where the draw is. So as you start to dig a little deeper in some of these, maybe look at some of the players that you like and where they're teeing off. But uh, I think right now I'm going to be doing, I'm going to still even with the adjustments, I'm going to be playing a few more matchups, but I've got to look a little deeper. John Rahm is definitely on my list, but yeah, I just some of the matchups he's in and laying the prices he is. Even um, I'm not 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 as keen on some of that. Absolutely, and and for the beginner betters that are out there, I always re- important to remember if you're looking at at plus money, you have to hit at less than 50% to break even or make a profit. If you're looking at those those negative prices, the minus 120s, the minus 130, you have to hit significantly higher than 50% to make a profit. So always important to remember for the beginner betters out there. Uh, Fairway J, before we wrap up, is there a difference for you in how you handicap full tournament matchups and and first round matchups? And um, I'm kind of putting you on the spot here because we're mostly talking about full tournament, but just philosophically, uh, when you're when you're looking to bet individual round matchups, how big of a difference is there in the way you handicap that? Um, I don't usually do opening round matchups unless I've really put in the time and and can maybe gather some information from some of the players in their comments um, either on the course or I've really uncovered maybe in this case Patrick Reed who I, I just think he's going to struggle a little bit that I might play a first round if I can get it but um, I think once you have especially on the variance of a course like this once you have a little data and maybe uh, after Thursday and Friday's round you can look at then the weekend matchups and really look at you know who's been fortunate maybe to have had some uh, uh, score the way they have. Uh, an example is Rory McIlroy, who recently won, was really not 
playing well from tee to green, but he just, again, his short game was lights out, his putting was lights out, and that can only take you so far, and it kind of can level out. So I'm more tending to look at round-by-round matchups um, after the first round, and you always have more consistency in your tournament matchups on a guy that can be stronger over four rounds versus just one where there's more um, more vari- variance again. Okay, Jay, I am already on record. If I only can pick one person to win this tournament, it is Victor Hovland. So before we wrap up, we can't wrap up a major championship podcast without getting your top pick and you know, it's it's one guy. It's a golf tournament where you don't put your life savings on it. But if you have only one person you can pick to win this tournament, the PGA Championship, who is it? Well, since you have Hovland, I, I Hovland is is my guy. I actually bet him at the lowest odds uh, of all the players I played. So I'll go a different route. I, I have Hovland in a pool as well, but I'll go a different. I will go with Terrell Hatton at more than twice the odds. Um, you can if you shop, you can maybe still get him at sixty to one. And I think his game is suited here. Um, he's a world class player. His statistical profiles meet, and I think he can play in this type of link setup. So uh, I'll go at twice the odds and. I'll, uh, I'll go on record here with Terrell Hatton this week. I like it. We got your top pick and we got some value as well. So Fairway Jay, appreciate you joining us here on this special edition of the Lions podcast presented by BetMGM. Uh, for all your PGA Championship coverage, make sure to, you go to thelines.com. All kinds of live odds up there, betting strategies. We also have uh, our full episode podcast breaking down this entire field uh, and outright markets that we like. So be sure to check that out as well. But for Fairway J, I'm Steven Andres. Thanks for listening and good luck with your PGA Championship bets. 